Is it too early for Pitt fans to start scoreboard watching? Maybe, but with Miami's win over Virginia last week, Pitt's path to repeating as Coastal Division champions got a little easier. But only if the Panthers take care of business on the field. The bulk of the ACC season is ahead for the Panthers, and it starts this Friday night against Syracuse. We preview that game and more on the Hail to Pit podcast. What was your message about finishing it in these final 30 minutes? Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just that's what it is. The one health game that you will never, ever forget. We the world. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of October 19th, and this is the Hail to Pitt podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. The Pitt Panthers have the week off and are ready to get back at it in the ACC Coastal Division. And all they have to do is win the rest of their games. It's going to be so easy. Starting in Syracuse, New York, under the litten up, lighted up, litten up, lightened up. I don't know how to say it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be explosive Friday night in that dome. Let's get at it at H2P Show on Twitter, Instagram. It is, it is great to be back talking about a game to look forward to this week after an idle week, Pam. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know if you. Send us your predictions on Pitt-Syracuse. What do you think is going to happen? And what do you think the Panthers' chances are moving forward in the ACC Coastal at H2P Show on both Twitter and Instagram? Right out of the gates, I want to say, I'm bummed that this defense doesn't get to tackle Eric Dungey, Vince. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, you, you, could, you could tackle Eric Dungey, but you know, he's just going to keep getting up. Uh, He's your favorite non-pit player of all time. Concussion or <laughs> concussion or no concussion, that, that guy is is uh, just a warrior out there. But yeah, thank goodness we we don't have to play against him this week. And as we break this down, uh, yeah, his replacement, you know, not doing as good. No, no, not at all. But still, Syracuse dangerous, and we're expecting another barn burner between the Orange and the Panthers. Just a quick reminder, we are brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts. Go to prettyeasypodcasts.com if you'd like to get a show started today and have your own personal producer. If you want someone to take all that production load off your back so you can just talk into a microphone and focus on creating a great show, go to Pretty Easy Podcasts and they'll help you out just like they help us out each and every single week here on the Hail to Pit Podcast. That's prettyeasypodcasts.com. I'm kind of gonna just be honest Pam I'm up in in Connecticut this week I'm covering the XFL draft for our other podcast it's not that I'm out of the loop I know what's going on with Pitt hell I practically live on campus but I'm exhausted so what am I concerned about this week if anything um well thank you for covering the XFL draft quick question uh did Eric Dungeon get drafted yet no, because he's on the okay, Browns. Since we were just talking about him. Yeah, he's on the Browns practice squad, so ineligible, oh. yeah. ineligible to get drafted. 
I didn't realize. I thought he was going to be an XFL player. My fault. But for uh, our listeners, they'll be happy to hear Adam Biznawadi got drafted. Uh, Nick Grigsby got drafted. Um, who else did we have go, Vince? Any? I think those were the only two Scott Panthers. Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful, Scott Orndorff. Went to the L.A. Wildcats, your Pitt Panthers in the XFL. Do you think they're going to have those, you know, those awesome videos they play about upcoming games in the NFL for Pitt Panthers? Do you think they'll do that for XFL Pitt Panthers? I think it'll, you know, Panthers in the pros will, I think, expand over to, you know, multiple <laughs> professional leagues. It's, that's how I see it happening. And we should also remind the listeners that the, the players that have been drafted are just as, as of this live on tape show uh, on, on a Tuesday night here. So we, we still got the second half of the XFL draft coming tomorrow. And hopefully there's a few more Panthers take. Yeah, Tino Sanceri is still sitting there on the board. We'll see if he goes. Um, back to why I might be concerned, Pam. I mean, we're coming off a bye. Pitt coming off a big win. Why would I feel bad at all going into this week? Well, in the Narduzzi era, he's only two and two off of a bye. So um, that also could be based on scheduling and what else is is going on. Um, and then he's also two and five with more than seven days to prepare. So one thing to look out for, Alan, this week is if they come out of the gates uh, firing, if they can um, start quick, that's a good sign. But hopefully it doesn't. they don't appear sluggish because then it might not bode well the rest of the game. I'm 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 not too worried about that record, the two and two off a of bye, but two and five, the other one, with with over a week to prepare, does that just mean that maybe that's a compliment because teams spend a lot more energy trying to scheme against Narduzzi than he does trying to change because he's not gonna change what he does really, especially with all the even with all this time off Vince. I don't I don't know what that stat's telling me. I'm I'm not quite sure either, but it's it's not good. <laughs> Maybe it was uh, more time to prepare for all the jet sweeps they would run. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're just overthinking things. Uh, you know, I, I'll say this. You know, we've been. Uh, th- this isn't a, a good trend by any stretch, but at the same time, this team does feel a little different than than past years. I mean, this is. Uh, it, this defense is certainly a whole lot better than any other Narduzzi defense we've seen. And this offense, it, certainly over the past two years, is night and day difference uh, in, in what they're doing. So you just got to hope that the focus is there and, and the execution shows up on Friday night. The other thing you can be concerned about is Paris Ford being out for the first half of this game. Uh. Yep. And <laughs> I think that sound says it all. And because he's really been heating up and Syracuse does have some good receivers who we'll get to here in a minute and not having him on that back end um, will be a big loss for the first half as well. So I think that's, I think out of everything through the stats away, that's a big thing to be concerned about heading into this game. Yeah, that's. I'm not concerned about Ford missing the first half. Just mostly pissed off still, and I almost forgot about that bad call. But here we are. But again, Pitts got it going. Even with the lack of focus at times, Vince, that you brought up, this team still. You know how like they like to wear T-shirts 
for for warm-ups that has like a saying like a team mantra this team should be unlimited energy because that's what they have they've proven it and they need to utilize that each and every single week and i think if they go in there with that giant gas tank against syracuse they could run them out of that building they they very well could uh with regards to paris ford i'm I'm, it would call me a little concerned in the fact that I think, you know, you know, we'll have Jazzy Stalker most likely starting at that position, uh, taken over. And now he's played a lot of football. Uh, Bryson Garner, another safety who's probably going to get some time back there. I look for Syracuse to attack whoever it is uh, and try to isolate them immediately in the first half and try to take advantage of that. The question is, as we preview the Syracuse Orange, though, is Tommy DeVito capable of attacking weaknesses and taking advantage of great players like Paris Ford being off the field for a half. Do you think he is capable? Uh, I, I suppose so. I mean, they got, they, got, they can, you know, it has, haven't done great this year, particularly against power five uh, competition, only 36 points against in three power five games, all losses. Uh, but their receivers are very good. Uh, Tristan Jackson, Taj Harris, uh, these guys are averaging over 15 yards per catch. So we are going to need to uh, make sure that we're marking these guys and not letting them get loose downfield. And DeVito looks to get the ball out quick. They run an up-tempo offense. But in years past, that might have frightened me. But like you said, Alan, this team just keeps going and going and going and has the stamina, this defense. And so hopefully they can keep up with the fast pace here especially because Syracuse does not have a good offensive line they're giving up over four sacks per game so for the biggest strength of this team um, hopefully they can really take advantage and get to um, DeVito very quickly before he can even get the ball to Tristan Jackson or Taj Harris this is uh this is not going to be a 70 what was it six to 75 game I'm hoping, <laughs> but I think it could be, it could be higher scoring. The only issue I could see the defense having with this team on paper, seeing as they haven't scored many points in, in three of their bigger games you have here, Vince. The only issue is that it's on an odd night. It's on a Friday that and on the road that might play a factor, but I just feel like Pitt's defense, like you said, there's something about them. And when it comes to that matchup, the Pitt D versus this offense, when you consider that Pitt has gone up against way better offenses, they should be fine. Uh, Defensively, uh, this is a a Syracuse team that might pose some problems. Yeah, they they got a a pretty pretty solid pass rush. And um, so far, you know, uh, you know, 20 sacks in their six games, although the majority of, again, against those non-Power 5 teams, they kind of padded their stats there. But, you know, we've seen them specifically last year. Dino Babers has had these guys. You know, they're certainly capable. They're getting their uh, their best secondary mat, uh, guy, Andre Sisco. He's coming back um, uh, for this game. So they, they got a, a pretty decent defense. They've recruited a lot of, a lot of Southern players, uh, Coach Babers has. Uh, so what I'm interested in um, is, you know, we've had this week off, you know, are we going to be able to get the running game going against these guys? Now, I don't know who's going to be available for this game. According to the depth chart, 
all four running backs are listed as co-starters. I'm not quite sure what that means. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to see them all or only one of them. But it, how, how do you interpret they, interpret that, Pam? And how do you think this workload should be divided in the uh, in the running game? And how critical is it to get this running game going this week against Syracuse? It's very critical, but the very encouraging thing is how well Todd Sibley has done in the absence of Vincent and AJ Davis. He, the first game or two when he did play, um, he didn't do well. And I wonder if he's a back that just needs more carries throughout the game to kind of get going. But if Vincent and AJ Davis are going to get back, that's definitely going to cut into his carries there. But I think um, you have to go back to Vincent and AJ Davis because they're a lot more explosive runners and especially Vincent is um, the quickest running back in this group I would make sure those guys get carries and work in Sibley for more of the power of runs and like you've talked about in previous weeks Alan uh, how Sibley can just fall forward and run Mm -hmm. forward and get a few yards as well so I think it'll be interesting if everyone's healthy I think Bully Carter's the guy that's not going to get any carries as a traditional runner, running back, which he had to be used as in the Duke game at times. But you got to figure out how to get him involved, right? Because he, right. he he earned it last game. Right, but as a straight lineup yeah. behind the uh, the quarterback and run, no. um, I don't think he's going to be used if everyone's healthy. I Yeah, I'm interested to see how they utilize Valik now uh, that you probably have some guys back in the fold again, and if uh, Whipple will get maybe more creative in how they get him the ball. Uh, question about Sibley, Pam. He, I think he's he's fallen forward enough and gotten the carries to get his confidence back and look good enough. I think what their game plan, my guess is this. They're going to hopefully be able to play Todd Sibley at the end of the game where he could run into guys, fall forward, get first downs but probably won't be used a whole lot in the first three quarters I don't even see him being utilized in short yardage before the end of the game I think coach is probably going to keep him reserved how do you see them using Todd Sibley after he got some carries proved himself a little bit moving forward that is a little concerning to me because I do think he needs some carries early on to get his uh, momentum and get the feel of the game but he hasn't been in a position with his confidence up where they need him at an end of the game. So it'll be interesting to see with that. Maybe they use him more than an A.J. Davis if Sibley is more confident and uh, more of a power guy towards the end of the game. I think maybe that's whose carries he can cut in on. I think Vincent Davis will be used in the passing game a good amount. Um, And also... In the running game, as a traditional running back, but he's so quick. He's so much quicker than the other guys. And so to have, but he doesn't have that power. So I'd say Sibley maybe cut in into A.J. Davis's carries possibly as well. But no way Valik cuts into Vincent Davis's uh, work. I don't think so. I think they'd use Valik differently. to me, Billy Carter is strictly a, a third down passing, uh, or maybe not necessarily third down, but strictly a, a running back that's coming out of the backfield running a pass pattern. I, I, I don't. I, I think we've seen enough of just 
handing the ball off to him in a conventional way. And that's if these guys are healthy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which we don't know. Uh, all Coach has said is that these guys are not out for the year. That, that's all we know. Uh, and well, I that's don't think good. We should spec- I don't <laughs> think we should speculate on it any further. Of course, as we like to say, HIPAA. Uh, how about down in the trenches, Vince? Where do you think uh, Pitt's offensive line uh, matches up? against Syracuse. I mean, they've pass-protected pretty well all season, but what about that run game? Is this a team they're going to finally maybe maybe be able to push around? You know, I hope so. Uh, and and I, I, to me, you know, if you're running the ball out of the shotgun as much as Pitt has this year, I think you are kind of setting yourself up for failure a little bit uh, because it takes those running plays a while to get going. Now, maybe, maybe with our week off, the, the the blocking is going to improve. I, I certainly hope so. Uh, Syracuse's defensive line still still is is decent as far as I'm concerned. Uh, probably the strength of their defense. But I they're would say. a pass rushing style unit, aren't they? I, I would say more of that, absolutely. But uh, and but still, they're going to try to get upfield and, ma- and make something happen and kind of cut off those runs. Um, so you know, we could try to you know pound them up the middle, but that hasn't really been our mo so far. I have a real daytime argument cable sports channel uh, uh, question for you, Pam. Dino Babers, if you if if you were I don't know ranking or taking coastal coaches to be on your staff, where, where does he where does he stack up to Pat Narduzzi and everyone else in the conference? Well, a little correction there. He's actually in the Atlantic Division, correct? That's true. Yes, yeah, we're talking about Atlantic. Yeah, uh, cross the sh- we're crossing streams here in the ACC. This- yeah, because this is a crossover game, but it's the crossover game that Pitt plays every year. Um, how does he rank? Yeah, and I'm going to look at the ACC as a whole. Um, I'm a big Dino Babers fan. Um, I just think he's having a down year transition without Eric Dungy, who was his staple there. Um, I mean, you got Dabo. I'm David Cutcliffe fan. I think he's definitely up there as a coach. Uh, Narduzzi. Bronco Mendenhall. Bronco Mendenhall's up there. I mean, Narduzzi, we all have had some mixed feelings about him, but he's definitely up there. I wouldn't put Dino Babers, obviously not above Dabo, obviously um, in my opinion, not above David Cutcliffe. And then I put Branco Mendo- Mendenhall up there, um, Narduzzi. I'd say Dino Babers as a conference as a whole is probably like six or seven around there off the top of my head. That low? Yeah, I mean, but I think he's a very good coach. Okay. I mean, would you say he's better than Narduzzi? Who are you arguing with? On uh, that I, list? I, I, I'm not arguing. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not arguing. I just—that's what those stupid questions are for. I just like getting people's stance on Dino Babers. I feel like he oh. and is like Pat Narduzzi in that he's kind of a polarizing coach within the conference. And Dino Babers, Vince and I off pod have talked about this recently. There are very few college football coaches I actually like. I've learned <laughs> over the past year or so, and Dino Babers is one of them, as far as I know. I mean. I got to maybe do some more research, but as of right now, he's actually someone I like. So he is a little divisive, but the fact that Syracuse football is relevant and 
the what he has done with that program has been incredible. Yeah, he he has you know brought him back from the abyss, uh, so to speak. Uh, an excellent year last year. May, some may say it was padded by uh, some some soft non-conference scheduling, but yeah, such is life in NCAA. You you play who is in front of you. You play who shows up to play you, and uh, Pitt's going to show up to play Syracuse. This Friday night in, I'm calling it a rivalry game. It's a rivalry game to me. feels horrible when Pitt loses to this team, which is, thank God, very rare, Vince. Well, how, what's the re- current record right now? Yeah, so uh, you know, Pitt has won 12 of the last 15 matchups uh, against the Orange, which is pretty good. But, you know, all these games under Narduzzi have been close. Uh, uh, you know, kind of kind of excluding that that one basketball game that they had in 2016. Uh, all these other games have been close. Last year it was an overtime victory for the Panthers. A couple years ago they needed a fake punt to to beat Syracuse. Uh, so this game coming up here, uh, Pitt right now three point favorite at the Westgate, and. I, I think with us talking here, we feel like Pitt should be uh, a much bigger favorite than this. But you know, when you look at how close these games have been, I think that's something you got to respect and you got to consider. Yeah, so what's I'm, your I'm worried about some things, but ultimately, I'm. I think you got me here, Vince. I think Pitt should should cover that. I'm, you give your score first, though. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, I think the pit defense is going to play very well in, in this game, uh, but the offense, it, this is going to go one of two ways. Either going to come out like really crisp and fired up because they've had a lot of good practice and they're fresh, or it may take them a little while to get back into the swing of things here. I'm, I'm a little concerned about that, um, and that's why I'm going to I'm going to pick Pitt to win this game, and I'm going to say it's going to be uh, a 24. To, I'm going to say it's going to be a 24 to 20 score. Wow. Oh, so it just covers. Barely covering. I'm going to go a little bit lower score. I think the defense is going to continue to get turnovers like they did in that Duke game. I'm going to go 20 to 10 here. I think it is going to be relatively low scoring, but I just think Syracuse's offense isn't going to be able to handle Pitt's defense. And I don't think the Pitts offense is going to look that great because I do think um, they need to gain some momentum um, after the bye week. So I'm going to go 20 to 10 here, Pitt. All right. Um, they make sense to me, but here's how I see it now. Moving forward, second half of the year, trying to run this gauntlet, what we know so far. I think Pitts defense can play great. I think Pitt's offense in this game can score a lot of points. But I also know that Pitt can't get out of their own way. So yeah, I think just I'm, – I'm more actually interested in how many penalties uh, Narduzzi's <laughs> team racks up. That's the number that we should be most concerned with. But be, knowing that Pitt's going to just somehow figure out how to keep this thing close even though they probably should win it, Handily, I got Pitt winning 20 to 19. One point win. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be Heart Attack City 
on a Friday night. But good thing it's a Friday night, Friday night, which is going to be great because after the game we could go all, all go out down wherever or your favorite watering hole and toss a few back and hail to pit all night long. I, I hope I hope you're right, Alan Opa. All three of us are right. This is this is a, a critical game. I think this is one of the trickier games left on the schedule uh, that may feature Pitt being favored in, in all, all six of these remaining games. But it's going to start with this one Friday night. And at the beginning of the year, this is a game that I had pinned them to lose because I thought Syracuse was going to be better this year than they are. Pitt could end up being the first team ever to be. Uh in a game that's dubbed even by Vegas all season, the rest of the season, five games after this. Well, no, I guess Georgia Tech's still out there, right? Yeah, they are. And Boston College just lost their quarterback. Pitt's going to be favored in at least two more events. Don't don't sell them short. I said they may be favored in all of them. But, uh, it's possible. It's, it, they may be favored in every single one of these games coming up. But uh, this one, this is going to be a challenge, even though I don't, I don't think it should be, but something tells me it's going to be close. Yep. Well, enjoy it Friday night. Hail to Pitt all night long after Pitt beats Syracuse, hopefully, and uh, go on into the weekend. And then after this, of course, next week is, uh, I believe, the U. Pam, are you? Are you? I'm like so not ready. I mean, this XFL draft killing me. I'm exhausted, but we're going to need full energy for Miami week. Yeah, and it's been announced it's a noon kickoff. We haven't had one this year. We've had an 11 a.m., but not um, a noon. So um, we got the um, noon kickoff. Actually, actually, that's a – well, Vince could correct you. It's a big noon kickoff. Yeah. Oh, God. Big noon. <laughs> Although it's not the actual big noon kickoff. because It's that not the actual be, big noon on, be on Fox. Fox. It's, uh, <laughs> it'll be a big noon kickoff here in the Steel City and uh, playing Miami on October 25th. Would you say Big Noon Kickoff's the best gimmick since talk, talking like Coach O, Pam, in college football? I don't like the Big Noon show, so <laughs> I'm a bad person to... I, I'm i not a huge Coach O fan either, but uh, I do like the Coach O impressions. I've heard you do Coach O impressions. Don't don't no. you pretend? I like I do like him. I just I'm not a Coach O fan. Let me what, put it that way. Well, we're not on the rest of college football yet, but I I have a pro, I have a bet I'll make we'll, um, we'll make maybe later on in the show. We're okay, gonna, Vince. What about this basketball commit before we move on? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Coach Capel picking up uh, a, a basketball commit for the class of 2020, Max. At Assam, did I pronounce that right? Um, Assam. I'm at Assam. Uh, I'm at Assam. We're probably saying it wrong, but either way, six ten to uh, about two hundred forty pounds, a center out of Christ our Savior, Savior Lutheran in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, it's good to see Pitt hitting that uh, New York City market again. Uh, three stars by Rivals.com for whatever that's worth. Uh, this kid had offers from St. John's, UMass, Penn State, St. Louis, Rhode Island, Old Dominion. Uh, he's coming to the Panthers. Uh, I, I look at this as a a, a raw pro- prospect with some excellent athletic ability, but uh, size, which they desperately need. And, Pam, this is somebody who I, I look at uh, from the little I've seen of him, somebody that's got 
ACC level athletic ability. And for me, you know, they got to build up a core of players who are not liabilities out there who could actually hang at an ACC level, even though they're role players. Yeah, and at as, at six ten, that's definitely some height. Um, the center position for Pitt over the past five, six, seven years. What center position? Exactly. <laughs> There's been no center position. Is, so Gary McGee, see the last decent <laughs> center, maybe. I, I I don't know if I'd say that, but um. But yeah, so uh, to have a athletic center, um, come for the. Um, it's good to see someone that hopefully can hang with a lot of the athletic centers um, in the ACC. He's probably going to need to get a little bit stronger to compete down low, but um, you can't teach height. Yeah, certainly a, pro- a project guy that can block some shots uh, and and hopefully rebound. So that's something that you know, even if you know it's going to take some time to develop this kid, that's something he could come in and immediately help. And, uh, you know, this is pretty much being declared the biggest signing so far by Capel in terms of notoriety and 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 the well the, the physical form of this human being that they're bringing in six foot ten, two thirty, and uh, with some training and some some teaching that could turn this this young man, Max Madison, I'm gonna say a Madison, into a beast, a beast. At Pitt, and uh, more good news under Jeff Capel. Which, when you're at where Pitt's at right now, basketball-wise, the best news about your team comes in the recruiting realm because that's where the hope lies. And there's a ton of hope with players like this: six foot ten, Max Madison, uh, of course Noah Collier. We've talked about before as well. Uh, Pitt doing some things, getting ready, and we're gonna have some basketball previews coming up, Pam. Yeah, I'm getting doing some research, getting those ready to go for us uh, later this month or early November because the season's right around the corner and we'll have special men and women's basketball previews this year um, on the Hail to Pit podcast. So we'll dive deeper in both of the both the teams, uh, look at their strengths and weaknesses, and how both teams can kind of improve their position from last year in the ACC, if that's possible for either one of those programs, and a look around the ACC in both men and women's basketball. And I know we're about to get into what the Yenzers are saying, Vince, but what the students are saying about last week's, uh, what was it, the, the blue and gold midnight whatever uh, at, yeah. the, at the Pete? I asked once a, a fellow classmate how it was, and he said it was lit, like as if as if Darduzzi just beat Miami, and the and the cathedral was all shining bright. He said it was totally awesome, and Wiz Khalifa was very respectable uh, to everyone's ears and didn't cuss too much. That's all you can hope for. Lot, everyone came out for that too. James Connor, Ryan Shazier, a bunch of. Local Pittsburgh legends were there. Yeah, it was lit like the cathedral. And hopefully the Pete is all season long. Uh, but Pitt football still on everyone's mind. Still who everyone's talking about. Still the best football team in town, if you ask me, Vince. You want to go around town see what they're talk- talking about when it comes to Narduzzi yeah, squad? I'm, I'm curi- I'm, yeah, I'm really curious to hear what people are saying for this big Friday night game. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. 
find out what the answers are saying. I can't believe they're playing a pit game on a Friday night. Who scheduled that, Steve Peterson? Yeah, I was going to go to the TJ game in that. Yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, I sell my tickets for Friday to Wolverine now because I got to go watch this. It's a big game. You know, they got to win the whole way through and they win the whole the, the whole division and probably end up beating Clemson in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Woody High, they were playing Moon. That was going to be a big game. I, I was going to pick going to that over, you know, maybe even Stowe Rocks or Central. Oh, that's, that'd be a good one, you know, but it, I don't know. It's. It's Pitt Syracuse, you know, going to see Woody High play Moon. It'd be nice, but this is a big game. Uh, but you know, ultimately, I, I'd rather I'd rather go down to Keysport. Elder Pitt. What the answers are saying. So that's what the answers are saying. Uh, big Friday night of football, both in the area and up in Syracuse, New York, for the Panthers. Uh, Last week was a huge week for, for college football around the nation. Uh, this week, maybe not quite as big, but still some big matchups and some matchups that uh, those of us here in Pittsburgh ought to be very, very focused on, Alan. Oh, college football. Don't you dare think just because last week's over and the games aren't as gigantic this week that we slow down because when it comes to ACC football, the heat is on the Virginia Cavaliers. Oh my goodness, Duke Blue Devils, do us a favor. Plus three and a half on the road. We 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 could be right in the driver's seat here pretty soon, Pam. Yeah, I alluded it into the in the open of the show, but Virginia lost to Miami um, last Friday night, and so if Duke can win this, then Pitt controls its own destiny. Then. That's, that's right. <laughs> I just want to make sure I, uh, the, that was a dramatic pause, but I wanted to make sure I was right there. Um, Duke's a th- three-and-a-half-point underdog at Virginia. Um, Duke, I think, by everyone's standards, has looked a little bit better than everyone thought, and Virginia has come back down to earth here. Um, I think the Blue Devils can do it. I think they're going to... I think they're going to lose, but I think it's going to be extremely close. If... The South Carolina Gamecocks can beat the Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, I, be- I believe in the Duke Blue Devils here uh, and all the teams that play Virginia the rest of the year. But hopefully just I only have to worry about this one. Um, tough to pick yeah, against Virginia, though. One, they're one of the most respectable teams that Virginia has to play. Oh. I won't have to cheer for, like, other schools. Uh, so I wouldn't mind cheering for Duke here. I'm, I am, I'm going to pick Duke to win this game. Uh, you know, Virginia, they, they got smacked by by Miami, and uh, Duke, after a, a crushing loss to Pitt, they rebounded it and and handled Georgia Tech. Uh, so I think they're uh, you know they're riding high right now. The Duke Blue Devils playing with gonna, some confidence. Gonna have to and, win a shootout though. I don't see Virginia's offense being that slowed down this week. I, I think that Duke. Uh, defense is a little bit better than people are giving credit for. I, I think they got some good speed there. I, I'm I'm telling you, I, I like this Duke squad. I do. Well, hope I hope you're right. I absolutely hope you're right. Um, people forget, but the Pac-12 still plays football. Oregon is a, a favorite on the road up in Seattle in front of a billion people in that stadium. 
game of the year in the Pac-12, some people might say, although I think it was already USC and Utah. How's it shake out, Pam? Yeah, I feel like we talk so much Pac-12 on this show, but this week... <laughs> Dude, you guys play, talk way too much Pac-12. <laughs> I know. In all honesty, the Pac-12 does have the best games this week, um, in my opinion. Oregon, Washington, I think Oregon's going to smoke them here. I think Oregon... Really? Yeah, I... It's legal yeah, to do. do that in Washington, too, so... <laughs> I think Oregon's going to win, and I think they're going to win by more than three. They're going to cover, and I think Washington isn't that great. And Oregon, maybe they're not going to be in contention for the playoff, but they can still get a New Year's Six Bowl easily. They can who, still win the Pac-12. They can who, still win the Pac-12 as well, yeah. Who here laughed at people's faces when if, they, if you even encountered them when they said... Uh, that uh, Jacob Eason could be a Heisman candidate. Or Jacob Eastman is going to be drafted higher than Jake Fromm, potentially, too. Uh, that could happen still, just just yeah. so you know. Bigger arm, bigger arm. That That's a whole different yeah. ball game. Jake Fromm's a big disappointment to a lot of people right now. Um, I don't want to kick, kick him me. while he's down. Um, yeah. So let's move on from that great Pac-12 game. I'm picking Oregon, by the way. Big upset on the road. Even what about you, favorites. Vince? I, you like I, Washington. I, don't I, I, you? You've I, liked them all year. Something, something about, you know, Washington seems to always beat Oregon. I don't, I don't know. Chris I don't know Peterson needs this win it. badly because he's getting killed on Husky Twitter. I read I, that sometimes. They do not like their coach right now. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you something right now. I'm, pick, I'm picking Oregon, and I, I think Oregon knows – that you know they're playing a top twenty-five opponent on national television. You know this is you know a way to get a, at a reasonable time to be playing this game. It's 3:30. a three-thirty game, uh, so people will actually see it. So I, I think you know if they want to you know get back into the good standings of people, and get back into that top ten, and have a, have a hope and a prayer uh, of a playoff spot, they, they got to blast this team. So I'm, I'm going to pick Oregon. All right, so moving on from the 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 Pac-12 hour here on the Hell to Pit podcast, let's go to Arizona State at Utah, uh, number 17 against number 13. Um, I still don't know how Herm Edwards didn't end up being terrible at Arizona State. He's awesome there. Especially as an underdog, he's fantastic. And I think Arizona State – is going to give Utah a run for their money. Utah's defense is very, very good, and Arizona State's bringing their freshman quarterback into Utah to face that gauntlet of a defense. But I think Arizona State's going to cover, and I'm going to pick them to win this game out right here. Are you really? Yep. Oh man, I, Herm Edwards, one of the one of the few college coaches I like. <laughs> there you go. I love. I'm keeping track of this list in case it ends up. Being it's a very. Like, small it's very one. small. We like had a long discussion <laughs> for the listeners. Vince and I had a very long discussion about this, trying to figure out what college coaches I actually like, and Herm Edwards is on that list. I'll give you a metaphor, Alan, about about college coaches, and and, and Pam really understands what I'm talking about here. Is that. If you keep turning over rocks, eventually you're going to find some snakes. Yeah, and and, and that's that's kind of what happens. But but Herm Edwards, uh, doing good things at Arizona State. He he's got a you know a well well disciplined and coached team that is ready to get up early and and take on the, these U, this Utah team. 
I don't know if I'm going to quite say that uh, that they're going to you know, beat them. I'll have to think about that a little bit more. But I do think that they could come within the, the two touchdowns. Yeah, I like that a little bit better than uh, than the outright underdog winner for Herm. Um, Utah had the setback against SC, but they're still, I mean, a crazy good defensive line there. Um, but this team plays defense too, Arizona State. One loss. This is a mm-hmm. sneaky, sneaky fun game. Definitely watch it if you enjoy college football. It's a they're ranked. They're, the ranked teams playing this week are mostly in the Pac-12, but you do have one uh, in the Big Ten with Michigan and Penn State. I wish I could rely on that khaki wearing dork to win this game, but I don't think it's happening. Penn State at home, they seem well. They have this controversy with the T-shirts. And the letters, but it feel like they're banding together as a team. Number seven in the country, and maybe this is the game that gets Jim Harbaugh fired. Yeah, I think Penn State's going to win more so because Michigan is Harbaugh's awful on the road, awful on the road against ranked teams. teams. Yeah, so I think Penn State's going to win this here, this game here. I watched that whole entire Penn State-Iowa game, which was quite boring. But <laughs> Iowa's defense is good, but if I was a Penn State fan to make a big push, I'd be really concerned about Penn State's offense. Um, they have a very good defense, but their offense is, is not good. But I do think they're going to beat Michigan here. You talk about that stat about Michigan – you know, Harbaugh not being able to beat a ranked team on the road. James Franklin's record against uh, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State's also very poor. So you know, something's got to give here. But you know, Michigan is just—I I think you know—we're all going to look back on you know some of those worthless preseason polls and say you know this was one of the most overhyped teams. Uh, their defense lost a lot from last year, just not not quite what they were. And Shea Patterson uh, transferring up from the SEC just is not just not delivering the mail. Not at all. Not at all. And uh, unfortunately for Jim Harbaugh, it might mean his job. I'm serious. I think that's coming to an end soon. <laughs> <laughs> you think? You think? It's it's just. I rather my coach lose games he shouldn't than never beat a team he shouldn't, which never happens for this team. Um, Real quick bonus, think uh, Clemson falls a week after Georgia fell, Pam. Can Louisville do it at home? No. Okay. Not All after right. that wild game against Wake Forest? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I watched, the whole, I watched a lot of college football on Saturday. And let me tell you, the Louisville-Wake Forest game was so long. But, uh, no, Clemson's not going to fall. Their offense needs to get a little bit more on track. But Clemson's, Clemson's going to beat Louisville. All right, and as we wind down here, we're less than a month away from Alabama-LSU. If LSU wins that game, Pam, will you do a Coach O impression on the show? No, because I think they might actually do it. They might actually (laughs) win, so I don't want to commit to this. If you've asked in previous years when the gap was a lot wider, maybe, but uh, no. Maybe I'll give you you some points, but i got to consult with my my odds makers' friends before I – I set that line then. I got a few weeks. Okay. Again, congratulations 
to the Panthers who made it to the XFL so far. Uh, like we said, we're recording earlier in this week, so there is an, another part of that draft to go. So you might see some more Pitt Panthers become pro football players in that league. Definitely watch them. Definitely support them. And uh, definitely follow us on Instagram and Twitter at H2P Show. And, of course, subscribe to the show on all podcast feeds or check out our YouTube channel where we post all of our shows as well. Anything left before we go off into the college football weekend, Pam? How do you like me? Nope, just hail to pit. Vince? I would say, yeah, just echo what you said. Make sure you subscribe on all your podcast applications. It's the best way to listen to the show, so it automatically gets downloaded to the device of your choice. 100% free of charge. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, for Vince and for Pam, I'm Alan. I'd like to say, hail to pit. Hail to pit. Hail to pit. Hail to pit.